there are so many people that have been very successful in their in their business lives or in their lives for a long period of time, and so all of a sudden, when they get up to a certain age, they abdicate the human race. And I'm saying that's wrong. You should be imparting the knowledge that you have. So you should be giving it back because you know where they are. They don't know where you've been. So why not? You're listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. Welcome to another episode of the podcast, The Business of Thought Leadership. I'm your co-host, Nikki Ballou. And I'm your other co-host, Michael Palmer. Boy, do we have a real treat for you today. Our show today is actually a bit of a unique show in that we have not one, but two amazing guests. The first guest is none other than the star of The Apprentice. I'm speaking about the man who helped make Donald Trump, the president-elect of the United States, a multi-billionaire, George H. Ross. Say hello, George. Hi, how are you? Wonderful, wonderful. And we have with George... Uh, a man that Michael and I know very well because we do some work with him. He's a member of one of our programs. And along with George, he co-hosts a fantastic real estate mastermind on a monthly basis. I'm speaking, of course, of none other than Victor Minash. Hello, Victor. Good afternoon. It's great to have you both on the show. So why don't we get right into it? George, if you don't mind, we'd love to start with you. The name of this podcast is The Business of Thought Leadership. So the folks who listen to it are very interested, not just in your expertise and all the amazing things you've done, and we want to definitely get into those, but in how you've been able to use that to position yourself and uh, become even better known in the marketplace and how people can learn from you in doing that. Would you mind you know, telling us your story? <laughs> how long is the broadcast? As long as you want. No, not as long. This, the story is, uh, yeah, it's, it's relatively, I'll, I'll uh, uh, you know, shorten it substantially. I've been a, a real estate lawyer for uh, more than 50 years, done more large real estate transactions than any other lawyer in New York City, but so be it, and a uh, uh, college professor for more than 20 years. And most important, I was did Donald Trump's first deal when he was 27 years old, and we've had a relationship ever since. But I was full-time with him 17 years, and I just retired from the Trump organization at the end of the 2015. Uh, basically, I just retired, so uh, it was time. And also, uh, different things were occurring, as we all know, with connection with Donald, and I thought it's best that I not be there. Yeah, and my role with him, basically, was to give him advice and, and counsel on a uh, professional basis, uh, which uh, uh, he respected, and we had a very relationship, and, you know, it, it was great. It was something I think certainly improved him, improved his organization, and I found uh, entertaining as far as I was concerned because it wasn't so the monetary aspect was the least, least element of it. It was just, it was exciting and good fun. So uh, as far as the, the apprentice was concerned, that was a, was a fluke. 
That happened because one day Donald, I walked in Donald's office. He said, George, I'm planning on doing this show on television. It's called The Apprentice, and uh, I need a judge. Would you be it? And I didn't. That was fine, and it lasted for uh, 10 years, 14 episodes, which, of course, became a, uh, a big, big hit. And I never realized the power of television. I really didn't. So when you got to 26 million people watching you, it becomes a whole different thing. You get recognition and all of a sudden, and then you got people like you that want me on the air. That's amazing. You've written two best-selling books, Trump Strategies yes. for Real Estate and Trump Style Negotiation. Could you tell Correct. us a little bit about those books and uh, how they've yeah, been about useful the for books. you? The, the, yeah, the, the, the book, the basically billionaire lessons for the fall, but that's really real estate oriented. So that may not fit with you, with your, your audience. However, the other book, Trump style negotiation fits with everybody in business in any work, anybody of that does any type of negotiation in their entire life. Be it with uh, your children, with your parents, with your uh, partners, with your bosses, Everything. It's a. It's really a handbook. And interestingly enough, you just found out yesterday that the book now is has been translated into Chinese, regular wow. Chinese. Now it was six. I was it was translated in sixteen languages before this. So it's been it's been uh, available in sixteen languages. Now it was, it was the, the national rights were bought by into to, for distribution in mainland China. That's a first. Congratulations! So that That's book huge. is, uh, is uh, I so high rec- highly recommended for anybody in life and business and uh, wants to know how to lead people, how to get them to respond, how to basically make a make a negotiation worthwhile so that you get the most out of it that, that's available and uh, how to deal with people. It's great. I'll definitely that, be I, I, that book. I would definitely recommend. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely order copies of it. We'll definitely read it. It's 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 it sounds like that's a pop- it, it's good. Order copies of it. I need to buy. <laughs> <laughs> there you, you got go. It. There you go. Listen, I've been a, a fan of Donald Trump since since a teenager, and for a long long time, I read The Art of the Deal and loved that book. Mm-hmm. Got a lot out of it, and yep. I followed I followed him on The Apprentice, and as well you on The Apprentice. Um, and and I'd love to hear a little bit of your story around working with. Donald Trump, because he's a very big personality, but yet you also come across as a person that you know works well with him, worked really well with him, and as well have a have a brand yourself and a name yourself. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. And of course, it was interesting. Is this? I was uh, in 1997. I was planning on retiring. You know, it was a very, very successful practice of law. And frankly, I was bored uh, with with what I was doing. But I was still doing some transactions and bought with Donald, and he. I told him that uh, you know I was planning on retiring and I have available time, and he basically convinced me not to do it. He says, "Why come work with me? Come uh, uh, join my organization, and at this point, we'll have a we'll have fun. We'll build buildings. We'll do all kinds of transactions. It'll keep you interesting, and it intrigued me. I was never an employee. I was a paid. I was an advisor at the thing." It worked very well. Is I would always tell him like it was, like I saw it, not the way he wanted to hear it necessarily. So I was not beholden to him. It was purely a professional advisory capacity, and it worked very well. It was a wonderful working relationship. Uh, when there was a transaction to be done, 
he would tell me what he wanted, what he wanted, and then he'd say, "Do it." And I did it, and that was the end of it. when I gave him the finished copy. There was no discussion. That was the end of it. So we had a, a wonderful working relationship for a period of eighteen years. That's incredible. Quite a different story than people may hear on some outlets. That's for sure. Yeah, it is. It just and, and I think basically what what is to be learned as far as your, the audience concerned, the connection with Donald is he is. The, the best trait that he has is the ability to delegate. But he's also, if you can figure out, a master showman when you get to everything that's happened on the political scene. Nobody wanted him. Nobody they thought he was a joke. It's not going anywhere. The Republicans didn't want him. He doesn't have to worry. He hasn't got a chance. What he did, basically, was that he appealed to a tremendous number of people in the United States that wanted somebody that's ready to be a fresh voice. They're going to make a change. And he is that. He is that at this point is to make a, someone who will, who will make a change. Now, everything that was done to get the nomination and to get the, the election and to get the president was done for whatever he said, whatever he did was for one purpose to win. Yeah. Okay. And Donald, Donald Trump's now, a winner. Not, not that he's not uh, going to follow up at that, but basically he has, he knows now that this is what a tremendous undertaking this is, and that a lot of the, a lot of the things that were talked are not easy and they have to be resolved. But he is a master negotiator, master. He knows how to negotiate and accomplish something. It may not be what the rest of the people want or think they want or what, but he can he he can get the best the best deal that's available at the time. He's got, he's got good people. He listens to them. He's got an excellent brain, and uh, I, I look forward to great things. You know, you know what? There's one thing in my mind. Whenever I think about Donald Trump, I think about a winner. I think about somebody who has been out there in business. You know, admittedly, he started with with some help from his family, but he took that that help and he turned it into something that that his father had never achieved and never could have achieved. So for that, I I, I admire the man. And That's true. Yeah, it is very true. No, but you also have you also have to admire him at this that he had a meteoric rise when he was young, early on, it was for twenty seven years from the first one. And when it got now to nineteen ninety, he owed almost a billion dollars. Owed it. All right, he was in he was in hock for over for almost a billion dollars. He owed so much money that the banks couldn't let him go bankrupt because it would have had such a horrendous effect on real estate. Now. Take 1990. Look at look at 2015. He turned it from minus one billion to somewhere about maybe five or six billion in the, in the you know net worth. Hey, that's a hell of a feat. It is. You can get a business person. You person to it. And of course, business people don't understand politicians, and politicians don't understand business. Of course, they don't have to. They're not business. All they want to do is get reelected. And uh, not to make any more waves than are absolutely necessary. Business, on the other hand, as you know, in order to accomplish something, you got to do something. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but at least you try to do something that would solve a problem. A hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, you said earlier uh, in this interview that Donald Trump was a great delegator, and I think for our listener, that's a very powerful point to understand. A lot of the folks listening to this don't run big businesses. You know, they they tend to be experts, thought leaders, coaches, consultants, and, and smaller business owners. But many many of these folks tend to do things by themselves. They tend to live in of a course. silo. Right? It's a big mistake. It's a huge mistake. If your business, if your business, if anyone's business 
would not survive if that person were not there running it. You got a business which is which is a bad, bad business. It has no perpetuity. You've got to be able to step back and say, good, if something happened to me, my business would still work. May not work the same way, but it would work. So you have to have the you have to have the ability, the desire to delegate and understand there'll be some mistakes, some errors. Everybody thinks Nobody can do it as well as I can. That's a mistake. They may make some mistakes. It won't be the same, but you have a thriving organization. You know, George, you could be speaking to the two of us <laughs> with that last comment. That's for sure. So thank you for, for saying that. I think we both needed to hear that today. I'd like to hear some of your thoughts on team building, because obviously you and Mr. Trump really did a, a phenomenal job of putting together a world-class team that was able yes. to help him turn around minus one billion to you know five, six, ten billion, whatever his net worth is right now. How can the people listening to this podcast and your wisdom learn from you around how to build the right team of people around you to take you to the next level? Well, the, the right team of people basically is, is do they have the talent for the particular position or job that you want to fill? And if the answer is yes, you hire them. If the answer is no, don't hire them. It's not a question of dollars although dollars enter into it. If you want somebody great, you don't get the best, uh, you don't hire somebody that's the cheapest, and you have to have the, the ability to assess what they've done if you hired them, and to keep tabs on them. When they've done something good, you tell them, you, you give them a, a pat on the back. When they've done something bad, early, you get on it, and you tell them, this is not what I wanted, and you get it straightened out. If you can't get it straightened out, they're history. If you can, if it, if it works, then you give them a, give them a raise. So it's it's rewarding personnel that you that are essential or good in your organization. You give them your the, the marching orders, and then you follow it from there to see that they're doing and accomplishing the result that you want them to accomplish. That's brilliant. And um, how did you and Victor come to know each other and do some work together? Well, Victor and I got together to where I guess basically through uh, JT Fox because I was doing things with JT Fox and uh, Victor was involved somehow with JT Fox. And then we came up with an idea of doing a, a call on an, on a, a basis, usually once a month or maybe, maybe more month. And originally giving them the ideas where the listeners could write in questions, business questions, or when they would want some, some input from me. And I would answer those questions over the air over a telephone call. That's what it was. And it's become, I think, very successful. And uh, it's very enlightening. People writing questions and we talk to them directly and they get an answer directly from me. Not There's no, uh, you know, it's not in writing. It's just uh, talking one-on-one -on -one or one on the whole group. And it's, I find it enjoyable. I think they do too. And it's an opportunity for them to, uh, to, learn, to learn a lot and get some great ideas. That's fantastic. What what is it that attracted you to want to work with Victor? I mean, why why'd you pick Victor? I mean, let's face it, George. You, with your brand, and uh, you could work with anybody. What what made you want to work with Victor? Well, because uh, what made me want to work with Victor is what he does. You know, I am. I guess I'm a a, a teacher by desire, not certainly not by trade, but. Uh, I have, based on the fact that I've been, uh, you know, in business for so many years, done so many different transactions, so many, and seen so many things that in the business world, and that I think would be helpful to other people. So, it, uh, in my teaching mode, I find it gratifying to give back 
that information to help somebody who's in a formative stage become better at what they're doing or give them some insight so to make their life a little easier. Business today is fierce. It's much more difficult than it ever was. And if I can make their life a little easier or give them some insight, that's that's where I'd So it's more of a charitable aspect than it is really anything else. And I like that because that's what TikTok does. I love it. I love it. That's absolutely fantastic. I understand that um, you also teach negotiation at one of the universities in, in New York. T- tell us a little bit well, about I that. Did. You did? Oh, I did, but not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. How long did you do that so for? Right now, let me tell you this. Right now, I'm involved in teaching a course or being involved with a course in a community college, and the course happens to be creative marketing. Okay. Okay, but isn't, isn't that part of negotiation? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell us a bit about the course. Well, about the course is basically it's, it's, it's small. They're only about 12 to 14 students, all very anxious to learn. And we do a lot of role playing where they, they have a, somebody has a, one of them represents a company that's got a product and another one represents a potential buyer. And they do some role playing is how you would get, get the buyer to buy your product and how you would basically get the product sold. So uh, that's how they would negotiate on getting a deal made. So what I do basically is critique it and say, well, you didn't do this. Why did you do this? How did you do this? In, in other words, you have to understand if you want to sell something or to, you want somebody to buy something, why, what's the incentive? What's the reason they would buy it? Is it because it's priced? They like it or how? So you have to tell them how to look at your product and basically decide they want to make it. And also, what's the most important thing? Are they looking for recognition? Are they looking for profit? Whatever it is. So it's knowing the audience, whoever it may be. Knowing your audience, no matter what side of the transaction you're on. That's that's absolutely brilliant. I mean, uh, one of the things that uh, Michael likes to say, uh, he's, he's a real expert in identifying audiences and creating audiences and whatnot, mm-hmm. is it's really, really important to understand who your audience is. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a key. First of all, it's a key, the key to knowing your audience so that uh, uh, you can create some type of a format, be it speeches or whatever it is, that relates to the audience, what they're interested in, what they want. So don't talk about what you know, talk about what the audience wants to know and fit that into your, your basic background or lifestyle, whatever it is. That's the key. Because if you don't know your audience, you're not going to get anywhere. It's like, well, you know, they're not going to learn anything and you're, you, you get bored because you're not reaching them. So you have to know who they are, what they want, what the group. And that's what I like primarily when I'm dealing with, with, uh, with Victor. He knows the audience. So I, and he tells me what the audience is and we uh, tailor a, a, a broadcast or whatever it is that basically relates to that audience. Yeah. So that's the key. It That's is the key absolutely. to being, being uh, having a successful uh, relationship. I have a question uh, for Victor because George, you you explained why you're working with Victor, and I'd love to hear Victor you share what it's like been working with George and and how that's been going. It's been an amazing experience. You know, if you had asked me six years ago that I would be holding a monthly call with someone of George's caliber uh, that I would have written a book that has George's endorsement on the back cover, which I'm very grateful for. 
uh, I would have said you're crazy, and yet here I am today, and it's it's uh, been a remarkable experience. What I love about George, uh, many things, but one is he's very human. He's very accessible. Uh, he is uh, he possesses a tremendous amount of wisdom. He's not scared to tell anybody, whether it's me or Donald or anybody else, that we're full of nonsense. He says it nicely, but very directly, and. And, and I love to hear that because if I've got it wrong, I've got it wrong. And he has that clarity. Uh, I mean, you can sense it even in this interview, the ability to cut through all of the, the noise and get to the heart of the matter. And, and that is priceless. It's absolutely priceless. Not only that, I mean, George is, you know, he's not a young man. Uh, by the time this airs, we'll probably be right around his 89th birthday. Uh, he's probably. still <laughs> still at the Come top. Come on, that's still young. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's absolutely at the top of his game. Uh, it's 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 a uh, it's magical every time we talk. No, it's this is I, we I can totally see that George having you on this interview. You're 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 sharper than most men uh, quarter your age. <laughs> well, as long as the, that's part of it uh, that came up, that I really believe that uh, age is only a state of mind. Mm. As long as you have your health and you can keep active, and especially keeping your brain active, that you will be younger than the number of years that they're uh, that are basically filed up. And that's it, because I try to keep active, and I, I do appreciate, I do like to talk to people uh, that, will, that are listening, somebody, if I'm imparting something, it's got nothing to do with, you make a lot of money doing it, I'm not in it for making a lot of money, I'm interested in, in giving people whoever they may be, the benefit of long-term knowledge so that they can maybe avoid some of the mistakes that would come if they didn't have that information. George, thank you for doing that. I mean, uh, there, there was a time where... Well, it's my pleasure. You know, it's honest, not my pleasure. Uh, Don't have to thank me. Honestly, the pleasure is The pleasure is in, in, see, in helping people and then they get back to you ultimately say, you know, because of that, I was better. I made more money. I did better in my community. I was more charitable minded, whatever it was. But they got something out of what you said that was worthwhile. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, there was a time in society when uh, people revered our elders, folks who had lived a life and had the wisdom of having lived life and, and made the mistakes and figured out the right way to do things. And I, I'd say that this today's world is wonderful in oh so many ways. But we sure could use some of that old-fashioned uh, uh, respect for elders and uh, and valuing the knowledge. But not that they only old-fashioned respect. I think that something that we're missing part is that the all these people you call them elders or what have you. There are so many people that have been very successful in their in their business lives or in their lives for a long period of time, and so all of a sudden, when they get up to a certain age, they abdicate the human race. And I'm saying that's wrong. You should be imparting the knowledge that you have. So you should be giving it back to make somebody else's life easier because you know where they are. They don't know where you've been. So why not? And unfortunately, I find that many, especially when I get to my age, they're just too lazy to do it one way or another. And I find that that's unfortunate because they have something to give back. You know what? Well said, and I think that's that that's inspiring, and hopefully it'll inspire people uh, to to follow your example. One of the things I wanted to ask you about uh, before we get to to wrapping up is is you talked about having your health and how important that is. Could you tell us your health secrets? Because I sure want to be as sharp and as smart and as vigorous as you are when I'm eighty nine. Well, that's it. So that's what. 
Well, if you've got your health, everything else is second best. That's uh, that's for sure. Yeah. As far as my health secrets, yeah, I guess I've been been somewhat fortunate. I do work out twice a week uh, in the gym. Uh, I keep uh, keep down. I'm on to maintain a a diet, which I think is a reasonable diet, and uh, keep my weight at basically what it should be, and uh, just be fairly active in in society. So I sit, sit on the, the board of three charities. I find that very interesting. I end up with making, getting involved with broadcasts similar to the one we have today. And that, I guess that helps. In other words, if you're active, if you keep your brain active, I think to a great extent you'll keep your body active. There's a lot of luck involved, but so far, as far as I'm concerned, I'm very fortunate. You, you know what? There, there, there is there is some luck involved, and you are fortunate. But you know, you make your own luck, and you've obviously taken steps to make sure that you've taken care of your health. It's like your health is like having deposits that you make in a bank. If you keep doing good things for your health over a long period of time, when you need it, it's going to be there for you. And, and it seems like that's what you've done. Right, and I feel personally, I feel that keeping your brain active and doing all kind of all everything, which is intriguing as far as the mental capacity, starts filtered down to the physical. That's my feeling, but I could be wrong, but it seems to work for me. Thank you, George. That's uh, great advice. I have a question around our listeners, right? They're sitting in the car likely right now listening to this, and you've lived uh, a great life with all sorts of great stories. What in terms of the mental state that someone needs to have to be successful, what would you say that is? Oh, that's a great, that's a great question, but it's easy. You have to have confidence in yourself. And not that I can't do it or others haven't, uh, haven't done it or so fair I could do it. You have to basically say, yeah, I can do it, and then do it, figure out. You learn. You learn through failure. You don't learn through success. Mm. If you have failed... And on certain things, you get a, a feeling in your stomach, which which is very distasteful. You say, I shouldn't, how did that happen? And you don't want it to happen again. And that's how you do learn. So if you can fail, but you persevere because you have more wins than failures, then you be that, that's the, 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 the key to being successful. But most people say, come up with, I can't do it. Nobody else ever did it. That's the end of the discussion. Hmm. You can't do it because you don't think you can do it. So you got to get a look at it and say, yeah, it can't be. It's very difficult. I don't know if they can do it, but I'm certainly going to do it. If anybody can do it, I can. I just have to figure out how. So that's the, it's a mental attitude. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. So listen, as we draw this episode to a close, one of the questions that we like to close off every episode with is to ask our guest, what are three expert action steps that you would recommend our listener implement right away in order to take their success and their life to the next level? Okay, I can, I can get, I guess you do that. One of them is you've already discussed, you have to know your audience. That's who you're talking to at a particular time. So you get as much information as you can about them, what they like, what they dislike, how successful they've been in business, how wealthy they are. You get as much information as you can so that you can basically relate to them because you know as much as you, as much as possible. And now with the, with Google and Wikipedia, you got all of this which you never had before. That's number one. Number two is learn to listen. Most people hear, but they don't listen. 
If you listen to what somebody is saying, don't figure out what they are saying, figure out what they're not saying or what they're really meaning. So it's looking a lot deeper and you have to analyze more of the statement than it is just words. If you can learn to listen, you'd be much more successful. The third one is the most important in your organization, in any organization, is the one who gets on the phone first because they're the one that set the tone. And that makes no difference whether it's a senior executive or is just a receptionist. If you want to have your organization or your business thrive, the most important person is there is the one that picks up the phone first and say, can I help you? If they do, somebody likes you doing business. If not, if it says pick up, press one, press two, press three, forget it. You missed the boat. Wow, that's brilliant. Love it, love it. George, it's been an absolute honor having you and Victor on the show today. I know that uh, you and Victor have this amazing monthly mastermind call that you do. Would you like to yep. tell our, um, our listener about it and how they can find out about it and sign up for it if they'd like to? Well, this basically was something that came through Victor earlier, I guess, with, with, with J.T. Fox, and we did. And this was, it, it stopped for one reason or another. I don't know. And Victor decided to uh, bring it back, but to, to improve upon it. And that's what he's done. On the mastermind call, basically what, what it does is Victor gets, gets people who sign up on a, they, they want to hear it, and they, they send in questions. And we analyze the questions so they know it's not cold at that point. It tells me what the questions are. He picks out what the best questions are because you get too many questions that can't go, can't fit on a, a call for an hour. And then basically has a, a format where the, the, the person who asked the question gets on the phone with me. Wow. And, and gives me the question and I give them the answer. And they can ask, they can elaborate on the question. So it's not just Yes or no, it's a question of finding out what they have in mind. They may be telling them you're going down the wrong road. So it basically, it's, 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 you know, some of the times it says, hey, your idea is wrong. Your idea, is, your idea at this point, you're, you're, you're looking at it from the wrong viewpoint. And don't, don't do that. Or, uh, or think, consider, because each transaction is different, each thought process is different, and it, I find it very in, in, you know, enlightening to them because they, they got an opportunity not only to ask the question, but to hear discussion on the question so you can embellish. And I think it's good. So, so, so George, you're telling me that people get to be on the phone with you, the man who helped make Donald Trump a multi-billionaire, the man who's done more big real estate deals in New York City than anybody else. And Correct. They get to ask you now, questions. They can be on. They can be on. They can ask a question and get the answer, or they can just be on and listen to other questions. So just without having to be to participate in something that they're interested in. And they, that's very worthwhile for them. They're going to learn a lot anyway. Are you kidding because me? Because the questions that come in from others are very good. That's priceless. My God, you know, one of, one of, uh, one of my mentors is a, uh, a motivational speaker and author by the name of Charlie Tremendous Jones. And he has this quote, which I like to repeat. And the quote is, you're the same person five years from now as you are today, except for two things, the books you read and the people you hang around, you know, and getting to hang around with George Ross on a monthly call for a year or two, I think is, is time well spent. That's fantastic. So is there a, a website or, or, or a link uh, that you or Victor would like to let us know about so we could tell the folks? 
Yes, so the website is mygurumastermind.com. And there is a subscription uh, to participate in the mastermind. We are discounting it by 50% for a limited time. When it does fill up, it'll be full and we won't be accepting any more people because at the end of the day, there's only you know, so many questions we can get through in an hour. We want to keep it intimate and exclusive and pr- preserve the value for the people who are our current subscribers. So we are limiting the, the number of subscribers, uh, but it's a unique opportunity. It really is. There's nothing else like this in the world. So it's at mygurumastermind.com, and there's samples of previous calls. There's a few segments that we've taken, some of the recordings. And by the way, the calls are recorded. So if you want to go back and re-listen to something, you have the opportunity to do that. If, uh, if you asked a question of George directly and you want to take that segment and use it for your own purposes in your own business, you're free to do that. Uh, it, it's really a unique opportunity. And, and you already have this mastermind relatively full, right? So they're not, there's a limited number of spots left over. There, there, there are still a few spots, but not that many. That's correct. Okay, that's fantastic. Well, you know what? It, it's been an absolute delight to have you both on the show. Michael and I are both super, super excited. Thank you so much for your time, George. Thank you so much for your time, Victor. This has been great. You're welcome. Thank you. Glad, glad, that you, glad that we could get together. Great speaking with you, George and Victor. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, George. Thank you, George. Bye Bye for now. So, Victor, the segment we're going to do with you now, Victor, is called Success Leaves Clues. Michael and I created this segment in the podcast because, as you know, we've had the privilege right now of uh, working with a number of folks, you included, who've done some really amazing things as a result of the work that we've done with you. And we wanted to just um, have a conversation with you so you could share a little bit about how this community and this program that you're involved with with us has helped you take your success to the next level, how it's made a difference for you. And, and, and Victor, you and I have been working together for, for three years prior to you joining this community. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about your story and what that's been like for you and, and what you've learned from, uh, from me as well as what you've learned from the community and how that's impacted your success. Well, my pleasure. It's been an amazing experience because, you know, my strength, if I think back, my training is as an engineer. So that means analytical, very left-brained, run the numbers, all of that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, when people make decisions to buy or not buy, it's rarely an analytical decision, although for some it is. But for most people, it's an emotional decision. And what I struggled with as an entrepreneur is connecting with people on an emotional level to make a buying decision. Now, my specialty, I'm a developer. I develop real estate primarily across the United States, and we raise capital for these new construction projects. So getting people to invest, getting people to understand the vision of the projects that we're undertaking needed me for for me to develop that skill set that I was lacking. And the business of thought leadership has essentially taught me that different language to communicate with the other half of the audience that I was completely missing. Wow. I would say that that's probably the number one benefit that I've got from it. That's amazing. And, and what's that been like for you in terms of real-world results that you've gotten uh, lately? It's really conversion. I'm connecting with people. I can see it. I can see how when I communicate a certain way, I'm able to actually connect with the internal conversation that someone's having within their own mind. Whereas 
perhaps I might have simply been talking features and benefits, features and benefits, but not really connecting with their, their own internal dialogue. Victor, you have lots of things going on, really cool things, actually. This mastermind with George, you've got a really fantastic coaching program, really high-level coaching program. But I think on on the surface, people could say, oh, you know, Victor's doing these things, it's great. But you've done a lot of things. There's a lot of success tips that I've, as working with you for the last year, I've I've heard you talk about programs you've done, experiences that you've had. Like this is this, you've come a long way and done a lot of different things that have led to your success right now. I'd love to for you to share some of that with the listeners. What I find is that maybe one of my strengths is the ability to integrate things from disparate areas that are not really naturally connected and integrate that into into what I'm doing right now. So for example, my the bulk of my career is spent in the technology industry. I ran engineering organizations doing microprocessor design. And that's the furthest thing from what I'm doing today. Uh, you know, if you want to know the details of how uh, the radio signal gets into your cell phone and gets processed, I can tell you that. But that's not particularly useful for what I'm doing today. But what is useful that I have been able to bring over is, for example, when I was running an engineering organization, I had design teams in 13 different locations. So I had to become very good at leading people that I was not physically next door to. They were not in the next cubicle. They were nine or 10 time zones away. I didn't have the opportunity to interact with them on a minute by minute or hourly basis. And yet I still needed to connect with them in a way that they would see me as their leader. And you know we would be able to have a, an effective um, business relationship and, and execute on projects that were being managed on a multi-site basis. So a lot of people, in particular, when it comes to real estate, think that you have to be working locally. And yes, real estate is a local business, but it doesn't mean that you have to be next door. So I took what I learned from that industry, from the technology industry, and simply applied it to, to real estate because it turned out to be perfectly natural for me. It was second nature. I was used to building relationships over vast expanses of distance and time. And so I do the same thing with many of my consulting clients. Most of my consulting clients are not local. They're in other cities. I do the same thing. I would say that's probably number one. Amazing. Amazing. And Victor, how many clients do you work with at a time, both on the consulting side? And and, and this mastermind you've started with George, it's a relatively new thing. How quickly have you been ramping it up? Uh, We have been ramping it up. Uh, We've got... I think at this juncture, about 15 people in the mastermind. Uh, we'll probably cap it something at around 50 or 60, probably not more than that. Uh, now, not everybody can make every call, uh, so a few people will go listen to the recording. But for the most part, for example, we held one last night, and we were pretty much full. I think only one person didn't make it last night. So oh, wow. you know, people who are subscribers are deeply, deeply engaged. And I obviously have to limit the number of clients that I'm working with directly because there's only so many hours in the day. So I really like to focus on clients that are very driven to get a big multiplier in their business. If they're just looking 
for a 15 or 20% improvement in their business, I'm probably not the right guy for them. If they're looking for five times to 10 times improvement, I can probably help them. You know, I can help them add a zero to their business. That's that's my passion. And they've got to be equally committed to that kind of growth. If they are, then we'll have a lot of fun together. And that's the reason I do it, is to get visibility of more businesses than I can physically run myself, have a, a hand in that business as a catalyst to help them get a multiplier. And I do it not just for the money, but also it helps keep my pencil sharp. It helps me become a better business person as well. That's that's really why I do it. That's amazing, Victor. And since you've learned these new skills around reaching people emotionally, how many new clients have you added to your repertoire? I would say in the last four months, well, there's, there's different product offers. So of course, there's the mastermind. I've been able to connect with people on the mastermind very solidly. And, and for some people, they say, that's not for me, and that's fine. And then for the folks that I connect with, they are right there, right away. They say, where can I sign up? And I feel that connection instantly. And that's, you know what, that's true of pretty much any business. You're going to figure out quickly who your clients are and who, and who are not. Uh, and when you find the ones who really are your client, they are worth their weight in gold, and it's those relationships that you develop that that really stand the test of time, and uh, and turn into other things. So the mastermind's relatively inexpensive. I think you know my experience has been once you establish a relationship on something at that level, other things will follow from that, and and that's been my experience as well. So I've I've added clients at both levels, at the mastermind level and and at the higher level as well, both. Fantastic. Excellent, Victor. That's really well done. You know, it's been a, an absolute pleasure having you on uh, today's episode. It was great to have you on with George. It was great to, ha- to hold you over for the Success Leaves Clues segment. Michael and I are just grateful to be a part of your success, and we are looking for bigger and better things from you as we move on. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with the listener. Well, thank you. It's been great fun. Take care, Victor. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye for now. That wraps another episode of the Business of Thought Leadership podcast. You can find all of the show notes, and there's sure going to be a lot of show notes from this episode, at thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. As well, please, on iTunes, subscribe, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. And don't forget to join our private group on Facebook, The Business of Thought Leadership. Just search for that. Put a request in to join and we'll have you in the conversation and you can get to know a whole bunch of other great thought leaders like yourself. Until next time, goodbye. You've been listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. For more information and to download the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit us at thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. Thank you for listening. 